Hey, Chicago, what do you say? It's the CHGO Cubs podcast, and it is Thursday, November 16th. Luke Stuckmeyer, Ryan Herrera, getting ready for another fun chat here on the live YouTube chat. If you're joining us there, appreciate it. If you're downloading this later in, in podcast form, we appreciate that too. I did see that the other day, you know, humble of us to admit it, yeah. number two baseball podcast for Apple Podcasts in all of America. I'm just saying. Um, so hello to everybody. We got a lot to talk about. You're everybody that's wondering, where's Cody again on assignment in Japan? That's all you need to know. That's all we can tell you. It's all yeah, we can tell you. Uh, he's recruiting. Who's he recruiting? I don't know, but he's he's recruiting. We might have some of those. Uh, we see a lot of people in the chat already. Hello to everybody. The regulars are here. Becky's here. Hope you're feeling better. Jordo, Tanya, Shane is here. Um, Shane says Chicago Cubs are preparing a very lucrative offer for Japanese sensation Shohei Otani, trying to bring him to the Windy City. Cubs are really serious about this guy. Absolutely. We've, we've heard nothing but that, that the Cubs, while they may or, you know, I'm not saying they're going to land him, but they are going to make a serious offer for the guy. They, they are interested in trying to get it done. So yeah. how serious? We'll find out. And does being serious mean they get it done? No, because yeah, exactly. he, st- he still might want to, you know, even though we've heard the report that geography doesn't mean everything, that report can also be his agent saying that so that the offers continue to go up, you know? Yeah. So there's a lot to play here. Let's just hope uh, the offer is serious, and that's the most you can really hope for. Now, we're going to talk more about Shohei in just a second. We also want to talk about um, – some of the baseball teams that are moving and one that's not moving. And uh, Ryan's got a little video to show us uh, from his time at the GM meetings. And we're going to, uh, yesterday Gary brought up as we were talking about different ways the Cubs needed, priorities they had to take, right? Like priorities they had to take in getting this team better this offseason. So we did three priorities. And those were generally... I think if you had to say we we came down to they got to find a frontline starter they got to find a power left-handed bat or bats in the middle of the order because mm. you can't just replace Bellinger it's got to be Bellinger and somebody uh, and then I said first base you guys said bullpen that kind of summarized it and Gary said how come nobody's talking about prospect development and the response was well we we believe that prospect development is something that should go on. All year, not just in an off season, right? It should be twenty four seven, three sixty five. It's not if you're healthy. If you're a healthy organization, it's yeah. going on all the time, everywhere, every day. Because you think about it, like yeah, we talked about off season priorities, right? Like that's free agency, trades, roster building, whatever. But when you're talking about development of prospects or even guys at the major league level, like that's coming. You know, as you know, as soon as the season ends, they're going wherever they need to go to. You know, maybe they take a little bit of a break, but then they start going again or you know, they go to, it's, it's November, right? It's like, it's now, right? They're starting right. to to get back into it. Maybe they're going down to Arizona, the complex in Mesa and, and getting right. Like Jameson Tyone, right? We saw him, we keep seeing videos of him on Twitter doing things. And even though he's not a prospect, like he's still trying to develop different things. So just overall development never ends. And it's not just a, uh, you get to the season, you play the season out, and then you get back to developing in, right. in October, November, December. Like that's going on. 365, 24-7, as you said, if you're a healthy organization. If you're not, as kind of with the Cubs, the last go-around when the potential dynasty ended up fizzling out, they didn't have the health of they're developing these guys all the time because they didn't really 
develop any other prospects after the first wave. So if the Cubs want to be in the upper echelon of healthy organizations, like that development's got to, it's got to be going on 365 days a year, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Like it's, it's got to be. And it's not just, we're not saying it's linear. As Theo used to say, there's going to be setbacks and, and, and then big leaps forward. You hope for some of these guys, we will be talking about some of those either big leap forwards or important leaps forward yeah. this offseason uh, coming up in the second segment to sort of address what Kerry was talking about. Like it is yeah. obviously a place where the Cubs need to make great strides this offseason. We'll talk about which prospect would or will make the biggest impact on the 2024 Cubs success. Mm-hmm. So like, and then we'll, we'll kind of branch out from that a little bit and, and open it up. So, First things first, did you see the news? Uh, the Brewers are not leaving Wrigley North. So that big, that big uh, song and dance up north. Wrigley North is safe. $366 million <laughs> in state funding from the Cheeseheads will go to fixing up their ballpark. So good for them and good for us because now our secondary ballpark, you know, our lake house, <laughs> our lake house is still available. A little lake house up north. Yeah, I mean, if they move somewhere else, they move that team to uh, Nashville. We don't have a, mm-hmm. we don't have a lake house. But now, this is nice. We got a lake house where we can tailgate. And what well, well, was it? Someone said like, now that Kirk Council's on the Cubs, he can experience a home game at in Milwaukee playing the Cubs, something like that. Yeah, that's kind of funny. It is funny. Um, so, anyways, that's. <laughs> Congratulations to the Brewers. You lost your manager. You lost your front office. Yeah. Uh, you kept your coaching staff, and you're keeping your ballpark. But so that's going for you. You know who isn't is Oakland. No, Oakland's Officially, not. Officially, A's are going to Las Vegas, right? Yeah. I mean, that, that's that been a long time coming. I'd, if The only news there would have been for me is if they would have flipped it. If somehow yeah. at the last second they were like, nah, nah, they're staying in Oakland. I just... I, I feel bad for fans in Oakland, but also the ballpark has been terrible. A joke. Is, was it raccoons or possums living? Yeah, I mean, in, it, in the, the press, press box. Yeah. No, I mean, I just, yeah, I, I think I feel more for the fans or the, the people of Oakland, and and even more so because they've lost all their teams now. Like the the Raiders yeah. are already in Vegas, right? San Francisco, or, um, the Warriors moved over to San Francisco. Yeah. Like this, they had the A's left and. Like, I understand from one perspective of, like, if the fans really cared, they would have showed up. But it's also, like, you didn't give them anything to show up for. Like, you you gave right. them bottom, uh, you know, bottom of the barrel kind of teams. You gave them teams with the bottom of the league spending. Like, there was nothing for them to show up for. And then I don't know all the details of the whole stadium thing, right? Like, I'm not exactly sure on all that. But um, I know that was a big kind of hang up is like the, the city was the city going to pay for it or was the owner going to pay for it and that's kind of why the whole move happened but it's it's it just to me it's like isn't it about ownership though i, I guess we'll I, I find out so. like i just correct me if i'm wrong don't don't you think if they would have built a state-of-the-art ballpark there that the team still would be this operate the same way they do now. Oh yeah. I, I think they would have for one or two years, you might've had people going, Oh, I'm going to go check out the new ballpark in Oakland. And yeah. you would have had some good home crowds, but I still think they would have become the white Sox of. Well, yeah, no, they, they of the San Francisco area. Unless, basically. unless they prove they weren't going to operate that same way. I think you'd expect that you'd expect them to continue to, you know, pinch pennies yeah. and, and lower yeah. payroll and whatever that is. And, you know, 
the money ball stuff, right? Like that, that made Oakland, that made it so popular in Oakland, the money ball kind of thing. And I, yeah, I just feel bad for the fans in Oakland because that is like just overall any sport, like a great fan base. You see how like rabid when the, when the Raiders were in Oakland, when the Warriors were in Oakland, like those were great fan bases. And like the A's, when they're actually trying to win games, like A's yeah, fans when, show when out. When Reggie Jackson was playing for them. <laughs> Light like of Blue, Reggie Jackson, Mark McGuire. The fans, the fans show out. The fans show out when they're invested in their teams. And so, for Oakland to now be losing all their teams, that's that's terrible, man. That's a, that's a that's a good fan base, a respectable fan base, and for them to lose all their teams sucks. Well said. Um, hey, one thing we don't want to lose out on. We mentioned it early at the top of the show. We don't want to lose out on Shohei Otani, Cubs fans. That's you know, Jesse Rogers is now saying that he believes he was asked. Which is more likely, Bellinger or Shohei to the Cubs? He paused and he said, Shohei. He, you know, a lot of people are really starting to, to push the narrative that Bellinger's going to take so long, they don't know about it, and they believe Shohei will be someone that makes that decision earlier in the process. Um, and if you're going to spend whatever the number is, half a billion dollars, most teams are going to want to know they're spending that half a billion dollars before they go out and spend big on some other players. Um, And he's such a great player that you don't want to take yourself out of that mix. So Ryan has some video of Jed Hoyer from the GM meetings, right? Yes. Uh, Just talking about the process of the first pursuit of Shohei. Yes, yeah. He wouldn't obviously comment on like current free agents, but he was asked questions about you know, the first time they pursued Shohei Otani back in would have been twenty end of twenty seventeen, right. going into twenty eighteen. Um, he was more willing to talk about that. But yeah, it's it's about um the pursuit, uh the, the the meetings they had the first time around and kind of the the reasons he kinda saw as to why they the Cubs were a little disadvantaged at the time. Um kind of insightful on like, okay, like what Right. You know, are those disadvantage are those disadvantages still around or, you know, do the Cubs might have a better chance these, um, you know, this time around if they pursue them. All right, let's. Uh, Sarah's running the ones and twos today. Sarah, you got that ready to roll? All right, here we go. This is uh, Jed Hoyer talking about Shohei Otani without talking about Shohei Otani. That's got a history question about Shohei. Did you ever get a sense of why he met with you guys all those years ago? They're charming. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I'll be honest. I, I look back on that. Um, you know, I mean, we had a great meeting. It was, uh, you know, it felt like we prepared a ton, a ton. Um, there was a really good dialogue, good conversation. Obviously, he was going to only choose one out of seven. But, um, you know, I think about the time, if I'm not mistaken, that was after 17. You know, we had been to three NLCSs in a row, won a World Series. Um, you know, we had things rolling pretty well at that point. I mean, I think that um, it doesn't surprise me he took a meeting with us, even though we were, I think, us in Texas were the only two teams that weren't on the West Coast, I think. So I think that was why we were outliers. But, um, it does, no, it doesn't surprise me, given when that happened. I mean, we were, you know, like I said, we, we had it rolling at that point, and I think he was intrigued. Did you, did you feel for pretty good about a chance at that time? Yeah, it was hard at the time because um, thought we were at a pretty big disadvantage not having a DH at that point. You know, um, it was pretty clear that he wanted to do both, and DHing was the, the best option for that. And we couldn't provide that, and 
Dodgers and Padres couldn't provide that. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, it was four AL teams and three NL teams. And so, um, if I'm not, I think that's right. I think it was Seattle, San Francisco, LA, LA, Texas, us, San Diego. I think that's right. So, yeah, it was four NL teams and three, uh, yeah, it was four. Sorry, four NL teams, three AL teams. Not that we were at a big disadvantage because we couldn't offer them the ability to to DH. So um, that, as good as the meeting went, we knew that was always going to be an uphill climb. And at that time, I, I, there was definitely a lot of questions about was he hurt or not. You know, I think that he had. I can't remember the details anymore of why or how or how many innings he had missed at the end of the year, or whatever. But there's definitely some questions about like, would would he was he hurt? Would he need Tommy John? And so the ability to DH as opposed to play outfield was certainly something that was uh, that was discussed at that time. So it doesn't surprise me in the end that he picked an AL team. But I wish we could roll back the clock and take <laughs> t- t- take a shot at it again. Uh, that smile at the end. Yeah, <laughs> at the end. I, I don't know what to make out of it. I don't. I don't know what to make out of it. Really, I don't. Gary says, "How can we sign Otani and afford other good players?" Because. You're the Chicago yeah. Cubs, man. You, yeah. This is not a poverty team. This no. is not. The Twins just signed Correa. You can get it done. Yeah. Not to mention, this guy comes with so many other avenues financially for your franchise than any other player in the world ever. Yeah. I, I, I agree. Everything. He opens up the entire world internationally to you marketing. I think you said it yesterday. You might have a, a, a Japanese company with a patch on your on your shirt. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I, I'm, I'm not kidding when I say the Cubs, I would assume, are sitting there before they make this pitch. And I would assume as an organization, they have to be having meetings about, okay, how would we monetize having this spectacular player from Japan? Should we be putting a crawl of Japanese league scores and things mm-hmm. on the bottom of our broadcast? Should we be having, like, all, all of it, like... The American viewers may not like it, but like start peppering things from Japan all over your TV. I got to tell you, I don't care what they put on the screen if the guy's playing in a Cubs uniform, right? Yeah. So I think the Cubs could make a lot. They're not going to make all of that money back, but I don't know if you can even pinpoint the amount of money that it would be, but it would be substantial. Yeah. Well, I and to, to Gary's point, like, is Shohei Otani going to take a, a big chunk out of your payroll, right? Yes, yeah. he will, because he's going to be whatever. I mean, whatever the contract is, he's going to be the AAV is going to be a lot. So he's going to mm-hmm. take a, a big chunk out of your payroll and it will make it tough. Like you're not going to be able to stay under the luxury tax if you want to add on beyond Shohei Otani. Like you're, okay. not, you're not because the Cubs. Um, so last I looked, the Cubs about $51 million under the, the first luxury tax threshold for 2024. So if Shohei Otani even takes only forty of that, right. you got about eleven million to play with. But even with is, the Bellinger, the Hayward, and some of the other, yeah, right. But the, the the thing is, the reason the Cubs didn't go all in last year, the reason they didn't add more at the trade deadline, the reason they wanted to keep that space below the luxury, like like Judd would have gone over had they been in a better position to make the playoffs, had the the better options been out there. I I, I believe he would have gone over if if it called for it. But I, I don't think he, you know, necessarily wanted to because I think we all thought last season was not the season to go all in. So the reason they wanted to stay under the luxury tax threshold was so that it would reset. Now they start they the have, clock later. Started the clock over. Yeah. Now if they go up, if they get Otani, 
and then they go and sign or whoever it is. They, they, they trade for Alonzo or they sign a, a, a Yamamoto or whatever it is. Right. Are they going to go over the luxury tax? Of course. Like, it's going to yeah. cost more money, but the penalties for doing so are going to be less so because they have not gone over again. Um, and then as uh, I think Shane pointed out, for 2025 on the books, and these are estimates um, based on, like, kind of obviously – arbitration numbers that haven't been given out, all that kind of stuff. Uh, estimates for 2025's payroll is at $112 million, almost $113 million, which means <laughs> you're going to have over $100 million in space, like just compared to what you have now. If you had Otani on there, again, obviously he's going to cost more. You had whatever player on, obviously it's going to take up another chunk. But you've also taken so much money off the books in one year that, like, you're not – the money that you would have on the books right now is not going to be the same amount of money you have on the books next year. So you could still. Right. I mean, did you see, have you seen the, the contracts that the Phillies have? Yes. They're insane. I mean, the, the, I mean, and the, I know this is more than any of those, but I'm, but, but the yeah, Cubs so don't like, have any of those types yeah, of numbers. It's not, like they're going to have more room than a hundred, like they're going to have less money on the books than the 185 million they have now, which means, yes, yeah, so you're going to have to, go a little further in the luxury tax this season because you have more money on the books, sure. But next offseason, you, you have less money on the books outside of the new contracts you might sign. Maybe that even allows you to add another player, another uh, better right. player next season, or at least, at the very least, it brings you closer to one of those first luxury tax thresholds. And by having not traded for him, you haven't given up the draft. Sure. That too. Prospect capital. So the, the, the prospect capital is another way that the Cubs will be able to potentially lower their payroll with a big money guy like Shohei, if they can land him, is that if you have a Pete Crow Armstrong, make the roster and become an impact player in center field, mm-hmm. now you don't have to pay Cody Bellinger in center field. Yeah. If it, I'm not saying this is the right way. I'm just saying if, if Shaw ends up being your third baseman, all of these things we're going to talk about in the second segment, then you're not worried all about. of those start lowering the payroll in exactly. a different way yeah. because then you can start trading other players from other positions and getting younger. Be- Which is when we talk about the last time, they weren't doing that. They had to go Correct. out and, and buy starting pitching or buy position players, whatever it was, because they couldn't backfill that roster with cheap talent, with, with, right. with, with minor leaguers coming up, pre-arbitration guys. That didn't cost very much. They weren't doing that well enough to maintain the salary. The you know obviously the guys like Chris Bryant, like the, the salaries were going up for some of those guys. Especially you know Chris Bryant's salary went way up after winning right. the MVP and the Rookie of the Year and all that. Even though it was arbitration, but like when those salaries were going up and when they were going and having to spend deep into the luxury tax to sign whoever it was, you Darvish, any of those guys, that's because they weren't backfilling with cheaper talent from their minor leagues. If they can do that successfully this time around, as you're saying, then they won't have to go out and spend big money on a third baseman right. or a catcher if Miguel Amaya is, is the catcher of the future or a center fielder if PCA can come up and, and immediately contribute, right? Like they Or the starting pitching, too, any, or any of the pitching. Like if they can just do a better <laughs> job of backfilling in that way than they did last time around, they're not going to have to go and spend all this money bringing in free agents to fill in the, the marginal roster spots because they'll have – their own guys doing it at a cheaper price. Godfather CHGO, Michael Collada, uh, just being the buzzkill today, says, Otani going to the Dodgers, next order of business. Today? Buzzkill today? <laughs> oh, <laughs> come on. Let us dream. We didn't Godfather. send Cody all the way. I didn't admit that out loud. Did I? Did I admit? <laughs> I didn't want to say that out loud. Uh, hey, guys, listen. 
you want to dream, you dream about Otani coming to the Cubs. You want to dream, you dream about Hero Bread oh, yeah. touching your lips. It's so good the first time you try it. I started taking Hero Bread because I thought, wait a minute, what is that? I saw somebody eating. I was like, wait, right here in, in the studio. It's like, what is it? Let me try that because it looks so good, mm-hmm. right? Light, fluffy, tried it. Oh, wait, it's also low in net carbs. Oh, wait, it's also has a higher protein. Oh, it's also higher in fiber. Wait a minute, this stuff's spectacular. So that's why I started trying it out. And I told you just the other day, I tried the tortillas and they changed a chicken wrap forever in our household because it was amazing. Sometimes, you know, my wife likes to try all kinds of different things. She tries the almond flour ones for gluten-free reasons. And then I'll, I'll go ahead and try a low carb one of a different brand or I'll try. None of them are any good. It's like eating dust, right? And some of the other ones, you know, it's just a, this, the guy that created this wanted to find a better way, a healthier way, better benefits to the carby things that we like to eat. Well, he's done it. And I can tell you the tortillas are spectacular. Uh, make sure you use the discount code for the first purchase. It's CHGO for 10% off at Hero.co. They make sliced breads, buns, tortillas, all available for you. Fewer calories than the leading national brand. 5 to 10 grams of protein per serving. And right now, Hero Bread is offering our CHGO family, that's you guys, 10% off their first order. Just go to Hero.co. That's H-E-R-O dot C-O. And use the code CHGO to save on Hero Bread today. That's H-E-R-O dot C-O to save 10% today. And by the way, you know what next week is. Thanksgiving and then Black Friday, baby. Black Friday savings time has already started at Ray Chevrolet in Fox Lake as one of the top-selling Chevy dealers in the Midwest. You'll always be able to shop one of Chicagoland's largest Chevy inventories. And all month long, right now, you can save big at Ray Chevy during their Black Friday sales event where you can choose from over 100 Silverados in stock. That is the perfect tailgate vehicle. But that's not all. You can get 0% financing with $0 down and zero payments until 2024. It almost sounds too good to be true, but it is. And I know everybody loves the word free, F-R-E-E. Yeah, free, my favorite word. That's what you get this month at Ray Chevrolet in Fox Lake, a free oil change. All you need to do is mention CHGO when scheduling your oil change. It's a Black Friday offer that you don't want to miss, but you have to schedule it by November 30th. Buy with confidence. The Ray price promise. It's a guarantee that the price you pay online is the price you pay when you go into the dealership. In many cases, other dealers try to raise up the price for you. They start throwing things around like when you walk in the door. Hey, are you active military? Are you a farmer? Oh, then you don't qualify for that online deal. What a joke. That's not what happens at Ray Chevy. Uh Uh-uh. The price you see is the price you pay, baby. In fact, when you go in there, Ray's going to try and work those prices, see if he can find something even lower than what you saw online, but never the other way around. Okay? You're not going to get screwed over. Ray Chevrolet is the place to go in Fox Lake or RayChevrolet.com and get your Black Friday savings on. They've been serving the community since 1963. Find new roads. Incredible. Ray was in here and I was just like, listen, I don't necessarily need a new car right now. But then I met the man. I was like, I need a new car. <laughs> I need a new car. And you know what? I always need a free oil change. And I, I would have been the same way if I could afford it. Free, free oil change, baby. Woohoo! 
by the way, you should have seen what I paid for an oil change before I knew that we had this deal. I, you know what, what do you think I paid for an oil change the last time I got my, my oil change in my car? I went to bucks. one of those, one bucks. of those, you know, 99, companies. 99.99. hundred, over a hundred dollars for an Oof. oil change. My goodness. What happened to the days of 1999? You're out in 10 minutes. Yeah, there you go. That's why. That's hey, Black Friday deal. Hey, Ray Chevy, baby. Before we move on, can we just point out that Kevin Wells over there with Portillos and didn't offer anyone? Wow. Just no, our our what the our, hell? our regular producer along with Sarah, Kevin yeah. Wells, is here. I haven't eaten all day. In our faces. Yeah. And didn't Sarah's offer running anyway. the ones and twos, and our other guy is Kevin eating. is running the F and the U's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look at this guy. Cheers. Look at this guy. Oh, wow. Yeah, uh, cheers. Thanks. Yeah. Brutal. He has his nice... Sh- Look at his shoes, too. Look Holiday at him. Holiday cup. Um, that also cost me $100. Glad we got him off the cup show. <laughs> Couldn't get rid of him fast enough. Uh, <laughs> don't let the door hit you on the way out, Kevin. <laughs> All right. We're talking... Because Gary wanted to do it, and because Gary is a diehard, and because Gary's in the Discord, and because Gary is a five-star member of our chat, oh, yeah. he always wants to talk prospects. We're not going to, well, maybe he'll talk slaughter. I don't know today. He likes to find a way to get slaughter in there. I want to know which prospects development would or will make the biggest impact on the 2024 Chicago Cubs success. So how how do you interpret that question, I guess? Well, the way I interpret it is like who, who has the. Let's start with would and then attack will. Yeah, yeah, you want to do it that way? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, uh, would I, I think when we look at would, it's like who, obviously who would, if they can, you know, develop. Yeah, if, they, if they're on the trajectory they're on, who would have the biggest impact on the club? So to me, that involves top pride, top top guys. It, it, that involves a top guys, and it involves position yeah, they play number one, yeah. and then the quality of that prospect, right? Like mm-hmm. both of those things have to factor in. And, and the, the position part is really key for me. So I was trying to think about it. Which guy? So here, here are the names we're probably all going to throw out there. I see somebody in the chat saying Canario. I see a lot of people saying PCA. Uh, Gary says, yeah, Canario still a prospect. I'm going to say, for sake of this conversation, Christopher Morrell is not a prospect. Okay. Enough major yeah. league time. Because a huge jump for Christopher Morrell, especially defensively and then cutting down on some of the strikeouts, wow, that would be an, a massive impact. If all of a sudden he could play solid third base and first yeah, base yeah, yeah. and, you know, obviously either that one would, of those, either one of those would be either like, one oh would, my God, how valuable is that? Unbelievable impact on the team. Yeah. Pete Crow Armstrong, uh, center field would be very important, especially if you're losing Cody Bellinger. Now he's your top prospect. Mm-hmm. So... That elevates that a little bit. And then the three names I put, and, and, and I, I think we should include Jordan Wicks, too. He's still a prospect. Still a prospect. Just continue to develop, right? Yeah. I believe he's still a prospect. So position-wise, Cade Horton, if he could make a massive jump, would have a m- massive impact mm-hmm. because you're looking for more pitchers, right? Yeah. And you're looking for pitchers that might have a little strikeout in them. Matt Shaw, we're desperate for a third baseman. I know he was drafted as a shortstop, but most think he's going to be third baseman for the Cubs. Okay, so Armstrong, Horton, Shaw, Wicks. 
do you even throw Mervis into the conversation? Or is it, or, or if people lost so much faith that Matt Mervis could make a leap somehow in the offseason since when we saw him last, that he could be the solution at first base? Well, I, I definitely think a lot of people have lost faith in him because he didn't have a great run when he came up and right. never made it back up. Um, I mean, to me... It's still on that like wood, that wood part of that question, right? Yes. If he yeah. We're not saying will develop and he can come up and act and have some have success, like that would be great as far as answering. If they don't bring in a first baseman this offseason, like that would go a long way towards answering, at least for next year, the first base question. If he can come up and have success, but as we saw, like that's not like right. that didn't happen the first time. Like, can he do it? If would they give will. him another shot, right? Yeah. So, will. I, I, I don't know that I'd put Mervis at the top of the list. but I don't Wood, think I'd even put Mervis on the list for Will, for Will. personally. Yeah. But for Wood, there is such a need for a left-handed power bat at first base. He's a question mark, right? A huge question mark for the Cubs right now. And he would, yeah, he would check off like two two different boxes. More than PCA. Like there's, there's not as much desperate need for a center fielder as there is for the third baseman or the first baseman. I would argue first base more than even third base. Yeah, I, I think but I agree with you. Now, the question is whether or not a a starter jumping into a rookie of the year type season mm-hmm. in the rotation, whether it be Wicks or Ben Brown or Cade Horton, would that and, and you know what? I would even I wouldn't even include Wes Neske still in this in this question. Okay. Like, would that have a bigger impact? I would say only no, because I just think they desperately need the everyday player to come through yeah, on a prospect level. Yeah. I, I'm just, I'm struck like the wood. I mean, there's so many woods, right? Like PCA developing would be a great, he's going to give you gold glove defense in center field. And if the bat can play when he comes back up, like that's, that's great for him. He could be a leadoff hitter or wherever they put him having a guy who, you know, as we saw the PCA going up the minors, like every time he went up a level, struggled for a little bit and then found his groove, had success. If he could do that at the major league level too, that's great. I mean, we, yeah, we mentioned Mervis. Like, if Matt Shaw somehow makes his way to Wrigley Field at some point next year, that would that would be huge. But I'm struggling with the will, and I think which player's development will have the biggest impact on the Cubs. And I think it's got to be PCA, right? You still have to have the most faith in your top prospect. Yeah. It was only a handful of games at the end of the season. Although I have seen some scouts now saying, yeah, maybe he's not quite ready um, but that's a yeah, small yeah, yeah. sample size yeah i you really threw him into the fire so you're going pca for will for will uh, actually if i had to say will like if i really believe which prospect will have the biggest impact i would say it's jordan wicks jordan wicks okay because i've seen the success at the major league mm-hmm. level and i think when you have that taste of success it's more likely that maybe he could do that than PCA just jump up and forget about the end of the season and burst onto the scene. So yeah. I, I would yeah, say yeah. that maybe if you're saying will, that Jordan Wicks would probably be the safest bet on yeah. that. May not be, it may not be the highest ceiling, Correct. but it Correct. may be safer because he's had the, that The safest bet would be of that whole list would probably be Jordan Wicks. Don't, the only reason I may disagree a little bit with that is because we saw Hayden Wisniewski have the same kind of success in September mm, the year before. Yeah, that's right. And then he came back out and struggled. And but but he had very like 
like very obvious things he struggled with. And I'm like Jordan Wicks is I'm not saying he's going to struggle at all, but he may have, it may not be the same struggles that Wisniewski had, but he may struggle himself when, you know, teams get more of a playbook on him. So I can't say for certain he will be a big, be very impactful for the team next year. But as you're saying, I think because he's had the success that may be of, of the prospects we've named, that may be the safest bet that he'll have a, a solid impact on the club next season. Um, Gary saying, uh, Wis- he says, Wisniewski is not considered, it's Wisniewski, but not considered a prospect by Major League Baseball. I don't care what they consider him. <laughs> I just said we're going to consider him a prospect. Yeah. Because I just haven't seen enough of, I mean, I'm not going to call him a vet. So anybody that's not a vet is pretty much a prospect for me. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be interesting to see what Wicks can do. He's only been up for a month, obviously. I think it was six or seven starts. Um, had success. He had, I think, one bad start down the stretch. But, like, overall was very good and impressive for the Cubs. Um, so he'll be – it'll be interesting to see him watch. My will, my which prospect will have the biggest impact on the Cubs. For me, it's going to be P. Crow Armstrong. I, I, if he's not on the opening day roster, I don't think he'll be down for long. Like, he's going to have all offseason to focus on things that he knew he needed. Like, you know, talking to him at the end of the season, he had very real things, hitting-wise, even defensively, that he knew, like, I need to get to work on this this offseason. Maybe it doesn't manifest itself in spring training and he doesn't start – he's not on the opening day roster. Will that concern you if he's not on the opening day roster? he's he's 22 in March. Like, he's still a very young guy. Uh, So that doesn't concern me. But like I said, I don't think – if he is on the if he's not on the opening day roster, I don't think he'll be down for long. And like I said earlier, we've seen the initial struggles turn into success as the more he got acclimated to each level. I think we'll see that in Pete Carr Armstrong. It's not going to be some otherworldly offensive season for him, but I think we'll start to see him become a more competent, um, uh, reliable hitter at, at the very least, just reliable enough to be in that lineup every day. And obviously, he's going to give you like gold glove caliber defense in the outfield. Like that's his calling card. And that's what they brought him up for in the first place this time. That's why he'll be up next time he's up. Um, and I think the offense will come around. I think he will have the biggest impact on the Cubs in 2024 of any of these prospects that we're talking about. I, if, if it's not the most likely with Jordan Wicks being 1A, then P, PCA has got to be 1B. He's your top prospect. I would agree with that. I, I do think if somehow – Horton or Shaw could yeah. find their way to the big leagues and be successful, that that could have an even bigger oh, impact yeah. than those two guys could on the team. So yeah, even I, though they're not as prospect-wise, they're not as high as PCA, the position need is so great for the Cubs that those two potentially um, could be total game changers if they can get there. Uh, what's Cody saying? If Bellinger is not on this team, it's Talkman or PCA in center field, so PCA better be that. Well, I, I, man, what time is it in Japan that Cody's able to do this? I don't know. Uh, I don't know how that works. I don't, the clocks. Uh, I don't know about our that. Our friend, whole thing. our friend Greg Huss is in the chat. Oh, here, good. Here we go. There we go. It's a guy that's obviously watched every minor leaguer that's ever played for the Chicago Cubs at some point. Um, he said a 700 OPS from PCA still gives him a, a multi-war season, and that's factual. Like, he's so good defensively. He's, you know, once he <laughs> gets a little bit more or, or develops at the major league level and understands how much quicker the game is. Yeah. Because like, we saw the base running mistakes, right? Like, right. Like, 
That was well, stuff that I he mean, got away with in the minors he looked, that he didn't he get away. He looked a little overwhelmed. It was stuff he with got away with in, in the minor leagues that he didn't yeah. in the major leagues. But I think the more he gets acclimated in that and trusting the process, trusting himself, like he's going to be above, well above average in that as well because he, he's got the speed, the instincts, whatever. Um, so once he gets more used to the speed of the big league game, I think that we'll see that improve. But, like, he's going to be – yeah, like even if the offense doesn't completely come around, he's going to give you so much defensively. That doesn't completely make up for it, but it still has him on the positive side of, of a major league player for sure. Uh, this straight to Greg Huss and, and anybody else that wants to comment. If you're give us just send the two send us the two names. The would, like this player at this position, yeah. would if they came up and had a huge development, would have the biggest impact for the Cubs next season. And this player, you believe, will be the prospect yeah. that will have the biggest impact on the 2024 Cubs. Just curious what everybody's names are. I, I've seen a lot of PCA out there. Mike Levin says key prospects, Casey Horton and PCA. Yeah, I'm not debating that any of these guys, right? Like Owen Casey, I'm not debating that any of them um, are key prospects. They're all, they're all key prospects. You hope to hit on as many as you can. I'm just curious, just for next season, like if you think Horton's got no chance of getting there, then he's not going to be a, a will impact the 2024 part of it. And even if it's Wood, I, you'd have to factor that in because if he's not even close, then why even suggest him in that category? Yeah. It's, it's, an, interesting, <laughs> it's an interesting like thought exercise, and I also look at it like could, that there are so many possible names that you could put into that like Wood or Will category that – you're looking at it as like when we talk about like the health of the organization, right? Like that, this is a good thing to have. Like you have multiple guys who you're like, okay, they could, they could, imp they actually could impact the 2024 team in a positive way. And then you have got, you know, you have your tiers of like, he could impact it, you know, out of the bullpen or whatever, or he could impact it as a bench guy, you know, a vers versatile defend defensive type player, right? Like you have those guys and then you have guys that like, okay, these could be, very impactful for the 2024 team and so when you're talking about yeah the health of the organization like you're looking at it as the cubs are in a good place because we have when we're looking at their minor league system we can see guys that okay these these guys can come up and actually impact the team which it's been a long time since we yeah. really said that uh we got to get by the way we have to get greg huss on here maybe next week we'll do that or, or the following week uh but he has spoken the expert has spoken. Mr. Greg Huss says, would Cade Horton, I'm going to assume he, obviously because of this, you know, the type of pitcher we mm -hmm. believe he could be, maybe the best pitcher in the Cubs farm system, and will PCA, he, believe, he believes in PCA. He was telling us that earlier. Uh, Mr. Simbis says, Horton and PCA. Uh, Barb thinks PCA needs a little more time in the minors and thinks Cody might be out there techno dancing somewhere. So what what did you think about my Morel idea? That if where would you put Morel? Let's say if you counted Morel as a prospect, which again I don't because he's been up for multiple seasons, and I know Wesneski has too. But don't let the facts get in the way of a good story. Um, well, if if you could get major progress out of Christopher Morel, would it be would he have a bigger impact on this Cubs team than any of those prospects? I think yeah. it's. I think you could say yes. Yeah, I, I. I think I would say yes. Well, for twenty twenty four specifically, I would say yes because he's already had, like, all the offensive success, and he's still like improving. Right, a lot of his development is coming at 
the major league level, which is hard. Like he, these last couple seasons, he could have spent a season, a season and a half, um, you know, maybe triple A level, right? Like continuing to improve. I know he's, he was in triple A for a month start last year, but right. like when he came up, he was 22 years old going on 23. And at that point he was still in double A, right? He hadn't had a whole lot of time in triple A by that point. He, a lot of his development is coming at this level, at the major league level, and we're already seeing a lot of offensive success from him. So I think he can even improve from where he's been offensively. And now you're talking about can he can he improve enough this offseason defensively at third base that he's even passable over there? Right. Like he makes he he makes the the routine plays more often than not. Like if he can be passable in that how is that? How would that not have the biggest impact on this team? Is, is the way I look at it. Is like, yeah. you may have guys like maybe you know, Kate Horton becomes an ace pitcher a few years from now, right? But if we're talking about specifically for the twenty twenty four season, Morrell turning into serviceable, Morrell finding a defensive home this off season where he's at least solid there and you can trust him there, on top of his whatever he's already brought offensively, I think that would have the biggest impact on the Cubs in twenty four, assuming. He doesn't get traded, but well, I, I, I that would be huge. That would be huge. Where did somebody just say that? Uh, Kiebert says it, and, and I, I would agree with this. While I, you know, for me, the moment of the season last year was the walk off homer by Christopher Morrell. Nobody brings energy to this Cubs team mm-hmm. like Christopher Morrell. Not since Javi Baez does a player bring like electricity yeah, to yeah. a ballpark, Wrigley Field. Since Javi, that guy is now Christopher Morrell. Yeah. Um, and, but I do agree that if somehow they are able to land Shohei Otani, then his value to this organization might be less than what it is for another organization, which then makes a player a good trade chip. Now, if he is able to take the Nick Madrigal school of defense and go and, and figure out third base in this offseason, which I think is more important than anything he could learn with with his time at the plate, I, I want him to cut down on strikeouts too. But if the guy can play average to above average, I'll be honest with you, if he could play average third base for the Cubs and bring that bat, then he still has value for the Chicago oh, Cubs. Yeah, absolutely. With Shohei Otani on the roster. But that's a problem you look forward to, uh, you hope you have in the yeah. next couple of weeks. Yeah, I, yeah like I, I'm just going to keep saying it like, if Morrell could be such a, an even more valuable player yep. than he already is, if he can just find, if he can, if he could just be serviceable at third base, if Craig Council can trust him at third base or first base, like he, his value goes way up in my in my eyes because of what he yep. does offensively. And just for happiness, what team doesn't want more hugs? Morrell gives out the most hugs in Major League Baseball. His, and, and fist bumps. Yeah, his yeah. his hug to fist bump ratio is excellent. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, tell us about Circus Sportsbook, Ryan. Let me tell you about Circus Sportsbook, Luke. Cody likes to talk about it a lot. He's not here right now. He's he's off doing other things. Um, so I'm taking over. But I got to tell you about Circus Sportsbook. It's got tight money line splits and the low hold model. Games will strive to be a minus 110 split on the Circus Sports menu. Unlike other sportsbooks, which may use minus 115 or minus 120, I do hate when I see that. It's not. Mm-hmm. The minus 110 is nice. It's a little, little more juice. A little more juice is all you need. Um, Circa Sports keeps as, as little money as possible on large market bets, especially compared to other books. Talk about high app limits and transparency. Circa Sports does not limit players based on their winnings. Every player has the same limits, unlike other books who do not 
or who do limit winning players. Circus Sportsbook encourages bettors to download and explore all sports betting apps available and compare the lines from each sportsbook. And then this is something Cody, Cody loves. And I, I look at it, I love it too. Circus customer service, top notch. Bingo. There are real people behind the Circus Sports brand who resolve issues in a timely fashion, unlike other books who use chatbots. All aspects of the app are being run by the same team that runs the main Circa Sports book at Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas. So download <laughs> the Circa Sports Illinois app at circasports.com slash Illinois dash app to sign up today. Also be on the lookout for Circa events, watch parties, and tailgates. If you or someone you know may have a problem with gambling, call 1-800-GAMBLER, text G-A-M-B to 833-234, or visit areyoureallywinning.com. And make sure you sign up for the Midtown Athletic Club. If you're thinking about fitness, you know, you're maybe trying to get just a little bit healthier, don't wait until the new year. Get started before everybody joins in January. Get started now. Get a head start on it so you're three steps ahead of everybody else. Now, Midtown Athletic Club has four Chicagoland locations, Palatine in the Northwest Burbs by me, Bannockburn in the North Shore, Willowbrook in the Southwest Suburbs, and Midtown Athletic Club and Hotel in the middle of Bucktown and Lincoln Park. Midtown Palatine is under a massive renovation right now. Multi-million dollar transformation of the club. It's going to be complete early 2024, so early next year. And listeners can lock in favorable rates there right now if you join before the end of the year. So there's extra incentive. Listen, this is, this is a club that is good for single people, family people with kids, people looking for lifestyle changes. Maybe you're one of the holistic uh, wellness seekers. They can do that for you, too. Uh, it is the nicest gym I've ever been in. They've got all the club features you want. They have super luxury locker rooms. What I talk about, towels, 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 towels. Amazing outdoor, indoor pools and hot tubs. They got yoga. They've got boxing. They've got cycling, cross training, group exercise, and the best tennis courts and programming in the sport. Midtown has indoor, outdoor tennis, pickleball, paddleball. I guess they call paddle tennis there, but and USTA professional quality all the way head over to midtown.com slash chgo to find out more and tour the midtown athletic club nearest you uh all right we got a little bit of time maybe maybe about 10 minutes left uh and we have a pretty good live chat going make sure you hit that like button please huh in these final minutes of the show the like button 128 watching only 43 likes crazy yeah um it's not enough make it not enough sense Craig says uh, Clark is better than Kimbrel. Barb is a big Kimbrel fan. Like Clark, Clark the, yep. Clark the Cub? Yeah. Barb Kimbrel? says remove Clark and reacquire Kimbrel. It's a trade <laughs> she wants. All right. <laughs> um, All right. Listen. Clark the Cub's nice. What, what nice really bothered me today when I got up and I saw it was the fact that the Braves are going to host the 2025 All-Star Game. Come on. Come on. First of all, it's not even Atlanta. It's suburban Atlanta. Cobb County is not Atlanta. It's not even near downtown Atlanta. So you're just going out and hanging out in the burbs of Atlanta to go to the All-Star game. What does Major League Baseball have against beautiful and historic Wrigley Field? The federal landmark, as Dom likes to remind us. What does Major League Baseball have against us? 1990. Do you realize the last time the Cubs hosted an all-star game, I was in freaking high school? 
I'm an old man. They were in, I was in high school. I went to the home run derby. I still got the, the pink hat is down in my you car. Got the no, I had the, the, the home run derby, the pink hat. I've got it in my car. Really? I should have brought it up. Brought I, it. I forgot about it. it, but I had it. It's in the car. I'll bring it on Monday. I'll bring it on Tuesday. So what, what was that? 1990? 1990. You weren't even born yet. Yeah. And so, yeah. So I don't remember who, where's 2024 at, but 25 is in Atlanta and 26 is in Philadelphia, if I'm not mistaken. Have they not walked around the new Wrigleyville? Yeah. I, I don't know. Like I, they not seen the renovations. I mean, I, we've never gotten a like explanation for. It. I, I mean, I guess prior to the renovations, like it kind of made sense, you know. Um, I mean, just on the press box side, it, it made made more sense. And like, obviously, like Wrigley, Wrigley now versus what it was eight nine years ago is 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 different. It's different, and to have thirty major league baseball teams, and it would be going on what thirty seven years that. The Cubs, if they even get it in 27, it'd be 37 years. Yeah. To have 30 Major League Baseball teams and it's gone. Like, that doesn't, the math doesn't, right. math ain't mathing. No. Um, no, I think, especially after all the renovations they've done and, and you know, building up Wrigley, building up the neighborhood, um, you know, just doing a lot of stuff to make Wrigleyville what it is right now. I think I think it's deserving of an All Star game. I don't know. I don't know. Again, I have not seen an explanation as to why. I've I've heard the stuff Gary's talking about that the mayor's office and Major League Baseball have hinted at safety issues, crowd too big a crowd control. Okay, so then if the Cubs make the World Series next year, what are we going to do? Go play our games uh, up in Madison? Like what? Yeah. Yeah, if it's not safe enough to host the World Series potentially next fall, yeah. how is it safe enough to hold? Not safe enough to hold the yeah. All Star Game in the middle of summer. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Come I, on, it's uh, or Lollapalooza. Well, I was just thinking that I'm like, what? A, there's Get been huge events for yeah. years. Like, yeah. how is that a? It's problem? a total cop out. Taylor, yeah. Swift, Taylor Swift had three shows yeah. at Soldier Field. Oh, oh wait, that's like, yeah, hundred percent. Taylor Swift, Lollapalooza. What about the Super Bowl? Is that <laughs> too oh, big of a Oh, but the All Star Game's gonna yeah. be so massive that we're gonna the whole city's gonna be destroyed. What about NASCAR? Get that brought here. in that whole NASCAR millions thing. of people. Crowd control. Come no, on. I don't, Put I don't me know. in, coach. I'll control the crowd. <laughs> you know what, by the way, if, if Taylor Swift said she'd play at Wrigley Field, you don't think the Cubs would find a way to put her at Wrigley Field? Okay. Come oh, on. Come on, there would be yeah. no, no right. thought. There uh, wouldn't be any more safety concerns they'd be worried about. <laughs> Joke. Anyways, I'm no. mad. No, I am. Yeah, I'm I, mad. I mean, I, I, I didn't see the comments from Manfred. I, I, I kind of only saw like one little bit of like. I just know he said Atlanta. Recognizing. Stopped reading. It was like recognizing that they had taken it away from them in 2021. And I don't know, maybe this is a way to, this is how they give it back to them. Like, okay, like whatever. I'm with you though. Like it's, the, the more it goes between times that Wrigley had an all-star game, the, the longer that time goes, it's like making less and less sense. It's like, what what more do they have to do to, to get an all-star game at Wrigley Field in Chicago. Like, it, it, when, when was the last time the Sox had an all-star game? It had to have been in between that, right? Yeah. But I don't, uh, when did the Sox Sean, have the last time they had the all-star game? At Kaminsky. There you go. 2003. So that's even 13 years earlier than the last time the Cubs had it. Cody says NASCAR game. forced the worst traffic he's ever experienced in this city. Now, I don't know if he means Tokyo right now or if he's talking about um, Chicago because <laughs> – 
He says this city. Yeah. I, and we all know he's in Tokyo yeah. right now. No, I, I don't know. I, like I said, the more time goes without the Cubs or without Wrigley Field getting an all-star game, the less it's like making sense. I think that they've done a lot to improve the area, the field, the neighborhood that <laughs> it should, it should, it should be at Wrigley Field sometime in the near future. I, I don't know what else they have to do to get it. I don't know what they have to prove as far as crowd control issues. Like I don't know how you, I don't know how you prove it without actually having it and then like looking at what happens, right? Like how do you, yeah. like how do you prove that you can or can't control the crowd without it actually happening? The way I look at it, I don't know. It, it again, it just you had the biggest World Series in the history yeah. of World Series. It was fine. Yeah, it was. It fine. was fine. You were there. Eva, Eva Wax says that uh, Taylor Swift would cost more than Shohei. <laughs> I could buy that. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I could buy maybe that. that's true. Uh, just, just also, we bit. neglected to point out that Naked Man was on the porch. Oh no, kidding! Happy Thanksgiving, everybody! Happy Thanksgiving! Happy Thanksgiving! Hey, right before we go. What do you think of the proposed change to the pitch clock thing? Two seconds. Changing it by two seconds with runners. Is it runners on base or runners in scoring position? Uh, I, 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 I don't think it's just runners it. on what base. I was. hate it. They're Either just way, it's the just so like, short. here's what I think. This is why I saved it for the end of the show. Totally, irre- totally irrelevant. It's two seconds. I don't care. I think, well, I, whatever. Change the games it. are so short now like they're not that short believe me there's some nights where i say this game's not too short (laughs) so it's just runners on base so it's 20 seconds it's 20 seconds with any runner on base Uh and they would cut it to 18 cutting it to 18 cool done i whatever but i also don't know like what's i i'll be honest i didn't like look too much into it when because jeff passing reported i want to say yeah um i didn't look too much into it when it came out but like just kind of like looking at it, like how much is two seconds on the pitch clock gonna change? Like what what were the reasonings Rough. for doing it? Like what was? Uh, they didn't like the way the length of games started trending in the last seven weeks of the season. Like it was getting longer. That they were people were finding ways to work around the pitch clock and delay del- stretch the games out even more. And so this was a way to try and eat back at that a little bit just by shortening it. Why, why, two more seconds. I don't well, know how, like, how two more seconds would make a difference. I I just don't know. Why wouldn't you look at the ways that people were trying or getting around the pitch clock versus the pitch clock itself, you know? I, I don't know. I mean, I assume Theo's in on these conversations, so I, I try not to trust, criticize it too much. Trust Theo Epstein. He's smarter than I am. Heart. But <laughs> no, it I, does seem ridiculous. I you know What's next? Changing the pizza boxes they put out there for bases into, like, bouncy houses? Is that So everybody's safe at second base? You dive into the bouncy house to try and get to the bag? No, I, uh, I would have to look more into it to, like, get a real good opinion on the pitch clock yeah but I, I mean i will say like i mean the games <laughs> overall were shorter like it was it was they're not maybe not even like it worked maybe not even very much shorter but the action was it worked it, it would have needed the shi- to do the no shift so. rule worked um you had more stolen bases than not being able to, to just keep throwing over to first base worked all of it like stepping out of the box all, I will say, if I had to grade those moves last offseason, some of them sounded ridiculous. They all, I have, I have no problems with any of them. Some of the pitchers did, but you know what? If you're too out of shape to pitch because you need more than 20 seconds to throw a pitch, then you've got a problem. 
Well, I'll if tell you, you need right. a minute and a half between pitches, you got a problem. I'll tell you right now, the people that already hated the pitch clock, pitchers that already hated the pitch clock, are going to hate the losing two more seconds. Oh yeah, yeah, two more seconds. <laughs> oh, they're going to hate it. So one, one thousand, we'll two, one thousand. I mean, come on, like what? <laughs> I, I mean, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't. Yeah, like they they haven't. It's not a rule yet, right? They haven't implemented that. So like, we'll see if it goes anywhere. I don't know what two seconds with runners on, like what. Every second counts. Every second counts. Well, we've been thinking about ways to trim down this podcast by two seconds every day. That never Never works. works. Never works. We usually go a few minutes over. Um, Cody, as Steve Stone said, eat a salad. Yeah, that comment went over really well because I know which pitcher he's talking about, Lance Lynn. Um, Yeah, the whole thing was silly. We'll Anyways, we'll Corey, Corey and Brennan will have another edition of the CHGO Cubs podcast at one twenty tomorrow. Barb, that is not a live podcast, but it will post live at one twenty. Yeah. if that's not confusing. You're not going to be able to have live comments with them, but the show will be posted at one twenty. Um, and then we're going to be back here. People are asking what's going on with Thanksgiving. So we will have podcasts on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Friday next week. Thanksgiving, gobble, gobble, day off. Oh, yeah. I like that. We do like that. I like that. <laughs> Cody, I think at some point we'll be back from Japan. Hopefully, I don't want to say it. Don't jinx I, it. I don't want to jinx it. Don't jinx it. Knock on, knock on wood. Uh, um, well, before we go, let me tell you a yeah. little bit about Goose Island beer. Please do. Yeah. Uh, Goose Island is the official ah, beer of ah. CHGO. It's been Chicago's beer since 1988. I mean, you look at the beer roster. If you're trying to sell someone on your team, mm-hmm. like Major League Baseball team, if you're trying to sell maybe Otani, right? Otani yeah. or you know Cody Bellinger. Check out the logo for our beer. It, but like if Goose, yeah, if Goose Island pops in, like there's Boom. no there's no real roster yeah. that beats that, right? You know, it's got the Oktoberfest, the Beer Hug Family, the Three One Two Wheat Ale, which is my favorite, and the Full Pocket Pills, which is Cody's preferred beer bat chug beer. Yeah, preferred beer bat chug beer, full pocket pills. <laughs> beer that, for chugging beer bats? Yes, there you go. It's not easy to say. <laughs> it is Cody's preferred. Um, so grab ultra fresh brewery exclusive beers at Goose Island's original brew house on Clybourne Avenue in Lincoln Park or from their tap room on Fulton Street in Westtown. Goose Island Beer Company, Chicago's beer. Uh, Barb says beer's always on Stucky at Goose Island. Uh, yeah. Actually, Kiebert's more likely to be true here. He says only hero bread for Thanksgiving this year. Just a table full of Hero Bread <laughs> products. There you go. For everybody. With a couple 3 one twos around. And the then 3 one twos maybe decorated in a turkey-like formation. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Thanksgiving, what are you thankful for? Well, if you had a diehard membership, you'd be thankful. Gary, I know, is for sure. Podcasts and live shows all the time. We got the post-game shows all the time after games during the season. Ryan's premium written content for members at allchgo.com. Uh, it's the off season. You don't want to miss anything. And 20% off all our events, whether it's takeovers. Uh, we got a Bulls takeover coming up. Uh, we've had a bunch of tailgates for football. Uh, you also get 20% off all of our dope merch for all of our teams all of the time. You get a free shirt when you become a member. So that's cool. Just pick one out and be like, that's my free shirt. We got oh, yeah. the new hats that are in, the new lids. Check those out. And the members only Discord, the CHGO Lounge. Don't forget that as well. Uh, thanks to everybody who was checking out the CHGO Cubs podcast today. Again, Corey and Brendan on Friday at 120. We'll see you back here. Um, Ryan and I, 120 on Monday. Until oh, yeah. then.
Have a great weekend and fly the W. Y'all silly like the mayor. 